few years ago, you probably would have found me at the bar all night long ripping shots with my friends. And then I would go home and probably cry until 3 a.m. Today, I practice yoga and I meditate every morning. And this change has really saved my life. Every word I share on this show comes from those days and those nights where I couldn't see five minutes in front of me. Everything was about how much I could do, how much I could accumulate, how good I could look. The Bright Side of the Moon is a show made to help you accept the dark with the light, the intense with the relatively easy, all while still feeling connected to your soul and living from this place. You no longer need to fear the dark because without it, you'll never be able to fully experience the light that lies within. I'm living proof of this. This show is a place for me to share about the things I've learned and the coping skills that have saved my life. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll definitely swear. (laughs) But most of all, we'll connect with the light within. I'm Paige Pitchlar, and this is The Bright Side of the Moon. Hi guys. Before we jump in to this episode, I want to share some pretty big news that this will be the last episode of Bright Side of the Moon. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Uh, I am just recreating this platform. And you'll kind of hear about why in this episode, I really dove into what was going on at this point. But so I'm creating an all new podcast. It will be on the same page. It'll just be a different title. And it is called Nervous System Simple. Because I realized that nearly everything that I was creating, everything that I've been talking about has so much to do with the nervous system. And I believe it holds the keys to nearly everything in our lives. And until we understand it, until we have practices and are are empowered in our decision making around the nervous system, our lives will feel the same. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. But, you know, understanding the nervous system is so key. And I find that nearly everything I talk about has to do with the nervous system. And I want all of us, more people, to be empowered with the tools and the knowledge that they need to create this new life from a really conscious, aligned place rather than old stored traumas which live in the nervous system. So I'm so excited to share about this. I'm so excited to have you know, this, this really cool new endeavor. And I love Bright Side of the Moon. I love everything that I've created on it, all of my guests. And I know that this new exploration into this new topic that I've been working with for a long time will be really helpful to people. And I really wanted to share, you know, the journey that I've been on. And without understanding my nervous system, I, I wouldn't be here. So I'm so excited for it. And I'm so grateful for you for listening, for being here and for all of your support. So this new one that we're creating, it'll be coming out in the next few weeks, but this will be the last episode of Bright Side of the Moon. And I am so incredibly proud of it. I'm incredibly proud of the community that we've created. And I am so grateful for you for listening, for coming along. And I'm really, really excited for you to hear Nervous System Simple. Uh, But until then, enjoy this last episode, okay? And we'll jump right in. Hey, everybody. Oh, my gosh. I am so happy to be back, really. Um, So I've been grieving the last few weeks. Uh, If you've been following along on Instagram, I actually lost my grandmother. I called her Gammy. And she was just one of the closest people to me, like, my mom in a lot of ways. And so it just was really difficult on a year that has been so filled with loss. 
And so that being said, I obviously took kind of a hiatus. And I wanted to say something about just creativity and and being in flow. And I feel like the every week kind of model that podcasts usually follow, I'm a very feminine person and the feminine part of me doesn't want to do that. <laughs> it wants to create when it wants to create and not be put into any boxes, have any rules put on it. And that's the way that I kind of do things. So, you know, I'll be having episodes coming out as frequently as possible. And it just may not be every week. It may be every other week. It may be twice a week. I just, I have a lot to say when I have a lot to say. And I don't have that much to say when I don't have that much to say. (laughs) Very eloquently said, but it's the truth. And so that's what I kind of was deciding over these last few weeks was the fact that I just need to let it flow and let it ride. And I hope that you kind of think about that in your own life because I've had to learn this in so many of my pursuits that, you know, sometimes I'm not in the flow of my writing because it's not time to write. And I mean, the information that I needed or that I need still needs to come to me or the experience that I'm supposed to be writing about hasn't happened yet. And so that's how I feel about this podcast too, is I had to learn, I learned a lot of things in the last few weeks, like to the point where I'm like a different person and recording in the midst of that would have been really bizarre and I wouldn't really have known what to say. Not only that, but I needed space to undergo the experience that I was meant to undergo. And I hope that you think about that in your own life. You know, so often we're, we put ourselves, you know, under so much pressure to do this and to do that and to do it in a timely manner. And, you know, time is running out and I'm just not about it. And honestly, sometimes I get all worried, like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be creative again. Oh, my God, I'm never going to write again. How am I ever going to write if I stopped writing for two weeks? Like, Like, what fucking ever, dude? I just, and, you know, we have to have this innate trust that no matter what, you know, what we need is going to come to us. It just might not be on the timeline that we expected. And that's how I feel. And that's my dog whining. (laughs) But really, I, I believe that with my heart that there is time for learning and there's time for for moving through things and then there's time to share and there's time to create and it's just part of this cyclical nature that is this experience as well as being part of an increasingly feminine paradigm you know I've talked about the feminine on the show so many times you know fluid creative expressive emotional and and has ups and downs that's what we came here for And that's how I want to be creating in an authentic way, not in a way where I sit down and rigidly, you know, just list off a bunch of stuff. And so I just, I wanted to talk about that because I think that work is changing, Uh, not just work, but creativity. You know, what we're doing is changing. We can't be so rigid anymore. And uh, that's what I'm doing in my own life. So... (sighs) With all of that said, (laughs) with all of the changes that have been taking place and my dog 
whining and whining and whining. Sorry, I've been at home, obviously, (laughs) to record, so bear with me. Uh, But the biggest thing that I wanted to talk about is this new book that I'm reading. And if you've listened to this show before, you'll know that books are often my source of inspiration. My name is Paige, for God's sakes. And this one is called Things Are Going Great in My Absence. What a title, right? What a title. Things Are Going Great in My Absence, and it's by Lola Jones. And it is unlike any book I've ever read. First of all, she starts out with, a big long thing on why you shouldn't rush through the book. She was like, so often we read a book to finish it. This isn't about that. And instantly you're kind of drawn in like, oh, I can go slow. (laughs) You know, it's almost like a feminine reminder before you even read this book. And really, she does a lot of things differently in the book. It's unlike any book I've ever read. And so she has these things called divine openings. And that's what she experienced to kind of come upon this whole modality, this whole thing that she has. And I don't even want to call it a modality. But so if you know me, I'm very into Kundalini. I'm into meditation. I'm into doing all these things. And I'm coming off of what, 20 years of, of, of the same kind of stru- rigid structure. You know, I, I grew up playing sports. So it was work your ass off, run yourself into the ground, don't ask questions, get straight A's, be thin, you know, be smart, be everyone's friend, be on every club, every team, and never talk back. I mean, can, can you relate? Like, that's how I grew up, and that's what I subscribe to. And, we, you know, then I, I had a super bad eating disorder, which I've talked about before, and and it turned into how can i be the thinnest how can i be the best how can i how can i force myself to be something how can i force myself to be something in order to be seen and so that kind of shifted once i started my career in corporate america you know i wasn't like an asshole well i guess i'm sure in some some areas i was but i wanted, I just drilled myself into the ground and was just desperately trying to be worthy in some way. And, you know, I worked two jobs and I, and I was rising quickly. I moved to DC. I worked on Capitol Hill. I wore pantsuits. I was like, look at me. You know, I've I've talked about this a lot, but what I wasn't realizing is, you know, and I've talked about my journey from that experience into doing yoga and to being really who I am, which is a very feminine fluid person, creative person. But after reading about half of this book, not even a half, like a fourth, I was like, oh my God. And I already kind of was getting to this point where I was understanding that this was happening. But just like I transferred that insane type A, tying my worth to an outside factor in my body, my career, I had done it in my journey to healing. And everything that I was doing, you know, the kundalini, the meditation, the forcing, the trying, the, the doing things just because I needed, I, I, I needed the outcome, I needed the validation of then I was worthy of receiving something, that's what was going on in, in my practice. And so right before my Cami died, I want to say like about a month ago, I just was really at a loss. I was like, what, you know, none of this shit's working. I don't feel good. I don't feel happy. 
you know, and I don't, I don't feel like myself. And obviously there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of external factors, but I was, I just, something didn't feel right. And I finally realized that I have been doing the same thing that I was years ago, which is fighting and pushing and forcing and healing, being addicted to healing, you know, healing me. I'm not, I'm not enough still, you know, I'm not enough. I need to be thin. I'm not enough. I need to have this grade. I'm not enough. I need to have this job. I'm not enough. I need to meditate is what it had turned into. And I think that a lot of the ways that we talk about different systems and different thought processes. It's, it's work. You know what I mean? How often do you hear like, do the work? It's inside job, do the work. And that's the way that I was living. I had to do the work. I had to do the Kundalini. I had to fix myself. And so this book, this Lola Jones book basically says like, fuck all that. (laughs) And there is nothing that could have hit me harder than reading some of the things that she had written after I had been getting to this point and getting to it over and over and over again until it got to the point where nothing was working anymore. And so in this book, she talks about how, you know, you're not unhealed. There's nothing that needs to be fixed within you. Nothing. It's only the mind that says that. And obviously, you know, we can still do our practices, but when we're doing our practices to be better, to fix something about ourselves, to heal, quote unquote. Everything is about healing. If you look at my website a year ago, every other word was heal because I was hell bent on fixing something inside myself and, and finally being worthy. And just because it, you know, it had the guise of being healthy and being you know, relaxed, it didn't mean that I wasn't trying to, to fit a round peg into a square hole. And I just... It really was a breakthrough for me to read this and saying, you know, why can't I just be worthy of it now? Why do I need to meditate for a half hour? Why do I need to do this many meditations? Why do I need to do this first? And I was already getting to that point, but to see it so clearly laid out in print was huge. And so I stopped meditating. I stopped doing Kundalini. I stopped doing most of the things that I have been doing for the last year for a good few weeks and it felt really weird I'm not gonna lie but I still you know would meditate in the morning just to quiet my mind and and so in the book she talks about it's like we don't need to heal ourselves so stop anything that feels like work stop doing it and I was like perfect that's exactly what I want I don't want to do this shit anymore and but she said meditating you know now we meditate to empty we meditate to feel good not to fix anything I'm going to say that again. We meditate to feel good, not to fix anything, not to get anywhere. What a concept. I mean, I mean, good Lord, meditation, kundalini, all these things are so feminine. And we, I, have found a way to make it so masculine, like I'm going to like get a gold star for meditating the longest. And, and not externally, but from myself, like some weird conditional relationship I have with myself and oh I feel so much better today is kind of the first day where I've started to really kind of come out on the other side of it uh first of all because so my gammy my my grandmother oh she was just like the coolest and she just was so funny which like the cool thing she wasn't like scary old-fashioned she was just like hilarious 
And so I, I I don't know, losing her just was devastating because she had had dementia for a while. So I haven't really gotten to connect with her in a long time. But it was interesting that this message was coming up as my gammy was kind of um, transitioning to the other side because she was probably the only cornerstone that I ever had in my life of unconditional love. The only. And, you know, my parents did the best that they could. I This is not like a knock on them. But she just liked me for me. And, oh, oh I'm going to get sad. You know, it wasn't about my grades. It wasn't about how thin I was. It wasn't about how many baskets I scored in my game. You know, it wasn't about any of those things with her. She just, we just were close and I just was enough as I was. Oh, God. And so losing that presence in the middle of all this has been really trying. But at the same time, it's helped me reconnect with what it is inside of me, you know, that, that wants to feel good and that doesn't need to kill myself and to climb Mount Everest to do so. So my gammy... <laughs> you know, leaving this earth at this time as I was reading this book and getting more disillusioned with my practices and just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I trying so goddamn hard? Like, can't I just be myself? And even in the book she talks about, she says, you know, we have practices. We practice yoga. We practice this. We practice kundalini. We practice blah, blah, blah. And she's like, are we practicing being human? And that's what I felt like. Am I, am I practicing being human? I'm an apprentice human. I can't just live my life. And I was getting increasingly frustrated with this. And so many of the paradigms and the modalities that people are following kind of have this in an underlying tone beneath their protocols and beneath their programs. And I was like, you know what? No. Like, no, I'm not going to do this. What would Yagami have said, you know? And I thought about it. And I just really have been shifting the way that I'm looking at things. You know, why do I think I need to be constantly striving and earning? Why can't I just feel good now? And so this book has just been really transformational and helped me look at my relationship with unconditional love. Yes, that's my dog. <laughs> my, speaking of unconditional love. <laughs> and I, I thought this was important because... Unconditional love is something that kind of gets talked about a lot, but feeling it is something different. Unconditional love is, it just seems few and far between. And we talk about how parents have it for their children and, and all these things, but unconditional love truly is just that unconditional, not fitting a certain mold, not being a certain way, but already being that. And even in some of my relationships, I was like, oh, these are conditional. Like, why am I doing this? You know, and that's the way that I was raised in so many ways. And so I've just been taking a look at it. Like, what am I putting conditions on? What am I putting conditions on? Why do I need to be jumping through all these hoops to just be who I am? So I just wanted to to jump on and talk about this because losing Gammy throughout all of this and then reading this book and and looking and examining all of the things that I don't really want to be doing anymore. You know, why am I doing them? What are these practices that I'm 
that I am giving power to. And the other thing that I want to say is all of those conditions exist in my mind. My heart already knows. And that's one of the main premises of the book as well, is that the mind is where all these conditions get created, is where we go on these thought loops, we go on these roller coasters of, oh my God, I need to do this. Oh my God, I'm not this. I'm worried about this. I have to do this. And the heart is always fine. Like really, it's always in bliss because, and I've said this before, but the mind is where the ego is. And the ego gets tripped up in all this stuff. I have to be this. I have to be perfect. I have to worry about that. And the heart is where the soul is. And by now, and if you listen to this podcast, you probably know the soul is always okay. Literally always, which is insane to me. And But it's true. The soul is a piece of the infinite, is a piece of the divine. And that's what you are. This mind is just a tool to navigate the earthly plane. Like literally, that's what the mind is. It's just a tool. It's not who you are. The mind is not who you are. The mind is a tool to navigate this plane, to navigate this life. The heart is what does the driving. And so I had found a way to intellectualize my practices, my my healing, my spiritual awakening. I had put it all in my mind. In reality, it's the heart. You know, we have to be listening to the heart. I had been placing so much emphasis on, on logic and trying to figure everything out, even in the way that I was healing. And sometimes it's just about coming back to your heart and feeling whatever's there and knowing that no matter what, you know, you're good. You're good. You're a part of the infinite. You're literally a part of the infinite. Like how fucking cool. And so just think about that. Just starting to understand the difference between the mind and the heart. And she kind of says it this way. If it feels bad, it's the mind. If it feels good, it's the heart. How simple is that? (laughs) If it feels good, it's the heart. If it feels bad, it's the mind. So every time, this is what I've been doing, every time I'm finding myself worrying, going on my thought loops, my trauma loops, whatever, and, and worrying about being enough in whatever capacity it is that day, I literally imagine like a little person, like my little self, inside my brain, taking a staircase down in my physical body into my heart space. And every single time that I do that, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. (laughs) And I can't even describe it, but I just, that's how I feel. I literally imagine my, my consciousness moving down, descending into the cavernous power that never changes inside of my chest. And you have that too. We all do. We're watching all of this conflict, all of this anger, all of this pain play out on a collective level because no one is slowing down and just knowing that they're enough already and that their heart is supposed to be doing the driving, not the head. I can't say it enough. The head is a tool. The heart is the steering wheel. Okay? It is that much more important. And so that's why when we get in these places that don't make any sense and they don't feel good to us, we've likely been, been, been running on this old conditioning inside the mind. And so when we're meditating, when we're doing practices, we're just doing them to empty it out. We're not doing them to, to make ourselves better, to get somewhere. Because she also explains this that has been very helpful. 
which is, you know, when we're constantly talking about healing and fixing and changing and, and, and just making better, we're going to be constantly finding things to make ourselves better. We're constantly finding things to heal, to fix. And take it from me, I'm done. I'm done. This shit sucks. I don't want to keep finding things to heal. I just want to be happy. I just want to enjoy my life. And the heart can do that. The mind, less so. Okay? The, ha- the heart is where happiness and presence and joy and being in the moment is. The mind is a clusterfuck, okay? And it's not the enemy by any means, but we have to understand that we have to treat it as the tool, you know, kind of taking it with a grain of salt. Treat it as a tool and treat the heart with the respect that, is, that it deserves. If it feels good, it's your heart, it's your soul. If it feels bad, it's your mind, it's your ego. So just, just sit on that. Where are you dwelling right now? Is it in your heart? Are you in your head? And so that's what practices can help us do is empty out and relax and just be ourselves and just be happy to be alive, not be doing kundalini to heal, to fix, to change, to manipulate, none of those things. You already are. You don't need to be fixed. I'm telling you right now, you don't need to be fixed. You don't. You don't. (laughs) You don't need anybody else. You don't need the stamp of approval. The reason you're here is to feel good. You don't have to have this great, grandiose purpose. You know, you don't have to be the next Gandhi. You don't have to create the next Fortune 500 company. You don't need to do any of those things because they physically can't add on or take away from your worth. You're here to enjoy your life. And you're worthy of it. If you're breathing, you're worthy of it. Spoiler alert. I'm sending you so much love. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you have the best rest of your week, your day, whatever it is. You know, we have the next round of the nervous system course starting in the first week of January. And so I've obviously applied these principles to this course, which is we're already just becoming ourselves. We're not adding anything on. We're not healing. We're not fixing. We're emptying out to be able to listen to the heart better and clear out the junk from the mind. And I'd love it if you join us. Again, we're starting January 6th. It's it's a Wednesday, and it's via Zoom. Early bird pricing goes through the end of November. Uh, And you can check it out on my website, just pagepitchler.com, if it feels right to you, if you feel called. Otherwise, I am so incredibly grateful for you, for sharing your energy, for listening to this. I hope that this made a difference. And know that I am always in your corner. I am always sending you so much love. I hope you have the best rest of your day. 